start every day. You know, I grew up playing one of the greatest gaming systems of all time. And I'm not afraid to share that with you. But if you've ever played, and I know there's going to be people that argue, and the PS4 is the best, and so, listen, it's not. Okay, just take my word for it. The original Nintendo, and I know some people out there are going to go, well, that's Atari. I had an Atari too. But remember, next to the power button on the original gray box Nintendo Entertainment System, the word reset was right there, wasn't it? Yeah. If you got mad at the game, push reset, start over. There's a start over. In sixth grade kickball, maybe we've all played this in P.E., and one of your friends, it's one of those mistakes that the teacher made because I was a PE teacher. It's one of those times that, that we let the kids pitch. There's a reason that the teacher pitches all the time, okay? It's just fair, okay? We're like, oh, Mr. Griswold, can I please pitch? Okay, fine. And they get that person they're having a tiff with. You know, in kickball, you want to you not, slow and bouncy, right? Anybody play kickball? You want to slow and bouncy so you can kick it, okay? You want to get the ball, you want to get under the ball. So you, you got that person, and they're having a tiff with, and they put the ball on the ground, and they just roll it to where it doesn't bounce at all. Um, and they pick up the ball, and they throw it back and go, redo. We want redos, don't, don't we? We, want, we would love to have redos. Here's, here's the thing. This morning, we are going to take our Touch Someone's Life gift, um, and uh, those people want to come and go ahead and start taking that offering. If you're not from Connection, this is not an offering for you. Um, this, is, uh, this is a way that we minister to our community. And at the end of the service, I will give, uh, I will give some of those bags away. Um, uh, uh, where's my camp people at? Anybody in here go to camp? Camp? My camp people? Hey, check this out. Uh, yeet or be yeeted. I just found this in my Bible. Uh, it's, it, unless you went to camp, you have no idea what yeet is. I actually have no idea the real definition. It's just a really fun word. Okay. Yesterday afternoon, we went to the Staley's. I appreciate Jeff and Debbie opening their house. Um, and they had some special guests on their door. Um, it, they did. We, we were sitting at the table, and I go, man, there's some birds that are really, really close. And they were chirp, 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 chirp. I think they smelled the food, and they wanted some. Uh, but in their wreath on their door, there were some, there were some wrens, I believe, aren't they? Yeah, there, there's a nest, and there's, there's baby wrens, and they were really cute. And we didn't feed them any chocolate chips or brownies or anything. So they're still there. I think Mama came. And, and, and uh, anyway, we played volleyball and, and, uh, and bags and all kinds of badminton and wiffle ball, all kinds of stuff. We just had a good time. Um, and it's fun to do that, isn't it? It's fun to do that because it's like we get to push a reset button on our week, on our last month, on our last couple months, on our, on our last other things. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11 in, in just a little bit. We're going to be starting in verse 24. Um, and if you would, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being really serious. If you would, just as you think about it or as God leads you to, would you, would you because we don't know where this goes. We, we, we put it online and it goes worldwide, okay? I don't know who could possibly be listening to this this morning, but I can tell you right now, because it's God's word alone, but there is some, there's some big stuff in here. So would you, just as, as God would lead you during our service, would you just pray for me and pray for the people that are going to hear this? Because I think too often we put God in, in just such a box. Well, Matt, you're only responsible for the people that come in your door. Actually, we're not. Jesus said, go to the, all the world. So we're, we're trying to do that. We're trying to project that. But, but even with these bags of money, even with, with August 17th, um, we're not going to call it Christian Family Day, but the, the city of Mount Vernon is not doing a Christian Family Day. So we're going to, this is, this is exciting. You know, because you, you know what's going to happen? You ready? I know this is going to scare some of you. Did you know that there's going to be other people in heaven besides Baptist people? Did you know that? Yeah, I know. It's, it's wild. There, there are some other churches that want to help us love on our community together. Yes, awesome. People ask me all the time, what's the denomination of connection? Some of them actually ask just like that. What's the denomination? And I go, why does that matter? Well, it matters. If I go into it with these people, they have no idea doctrinally why they believe what they believe. But they want to know if it's Baptist or not. And I, so I tell them this. It's, it's what I grew up, it's what I learned from Mike and from the start of our church. I said, here's the deal. If you want to get down to it, we're Baptist, but we do not let that get in our way. And they go, oh, are you a cult? <laughs> no. No, but the thing is, we are going to get to, to pair with other people, other churches, maybe even other denominations to love on our people. 
We're going to have giveaways. We're going to have all kinds of stuff. We're going to give away food, drinks, all kinds of stuff. So make plans. Mark it on your calendars. Um, we're going to be at Veterans Park. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and uh, anyway, if you have your worship handout, some of you came in this morning and, and maybe you were handed a piece of paper that looks a lot like this. In fact, it's an identical copy of this. You can get all the announcements that we talked about in here. Um, again, the connect groups are going to start next Sunday. Don't miss out on this. I'm being for real. Find one that you can go to that works with your schedule. Uh, we have them Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and multiple times during those days. But the, the, title, of, the title of the connect group is this. Lord, change my attitude before it's too late. I know some of you are going, oh. But I want to change my attitude. That in itself should tell you you need to change it. Okay? But this morning we are going to focus on that Jesus is greater than things unseen. Now this is, this is, this is tough because we, we pick up, we're going to pick up in, in Hebrews and we're going to still be talking about Moses for a little bit. But what if I told you that, I don't know, that I had a mint in my pocket? Would you believe me? Yeah, you're the pastor. You never lie. Would you believe me if I said that I had a mint in my pocket? Now, I'm right-handed. Most of the time, I keep my stuff right here. What if I told you that I had it in this hand? See, you watched Brock Gill a while ago. It, made, it appeared that he made those cards turn white again, setting a reset button. See, we, we believe in a God that we have never sat down and ate with. We believe that he had a son that is 2,000 years replaced from us in history that died on a cross that we do not have video footage of. Here's the problem. I've been to the National Holocaust Museum in in Washington, D.C., and they have video evidence of the assassination of people with guns on video that you can watch. And there are still people that want to turn a blind eye and say it never happened. And we, have, and we have evidence. How much harder is it for somebody to say, just because God sent his son and he died for me on a cross, that doesn't mean he can erase my sin. How, how much harder is that? Show him to me. Listen, that's where we come in. That's where, that's where we see, you know what? I have, I have a mint in my hand. Well, believe, it, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And sometimes these things that we hold in our hands are scary. Because if some, some of you, my, mom, my mother, if I told my mom, Mom, I want you to pick a hand. If you pick the one that has the spider in it, I'm going to throw it on you. First of all, she would hit me <laughs> and run away. <laughs> Sometimes they're scary. Okay, I don't, I don't know. You, you go to the doctor and it's, it's going to be either this way or it's going to be this way. And we have these two, these two options out here. That we can't, that's the problem, we can't choose which one, but we know that there's two ways this, this could go, and one of them is very scary. Can I tell you something? The God that I serve is bigger than both of these things. I was told one time, um, and I didn't, not, I didn't accept this well, but I understood where the guy was coming from, um, but I didn't agree with him. I lost a, a family member of mine, and they, they, they were lost to pancreatic cancer, to which there is no current cure, not on stage four, and... I was told that my family member um, passed away because they didn't have enough faith that God would heal him. I almost punched the guy in his mouth. Can I be really honest with you? I lost both my grandparents within six weeks, and he told me that my grandparents didn't have enough faith for God to heal them. And I looked at him probably really sarcastically, I'll just be honest, and I said, when my grandparents breathe their last breath on earth, my God really healed them. See, we don't see, we don't see the things that are different. By the way, I do have a mint. So we think sometimes these things are bad. Sometimes these things are good. But in the life of Moses, there were some things that his parents didn't see. They gave up a lot of unseen things. What would, what would it be like to raise up Moses, the patriarch of the Israelites? And they gave that up. Okay? They, they, they gave him, they floated him. If you remember the story, they floated him. And Pharaoh's daughter found him. Look at your worship handout. Look at the first blank with me. Do you trust God when you can't see the next step? See, we instantly, the writer of Hebrews is going to go into some stuff that 
that is very, very, for lack of a better term, sharp. We're going to look at the lives of people and the way that God used them. And, they, and we, what we see, basically, we, we look at this and go, ooh, this is a really cool storybook. That's what we do. We play, we play God's word like it's a storybook. It is a storybook. It's full of stories that are real. But we look and say, well, you know, Moses was just awesome because he did this and he did this and he did this and he did this. Did you know that people like Moses and Noah did not get to experience those big things that we look as like this cool stuff without trusting God and not knowing the answer? Noah builds a boat in the middle of the desert. He has never seen rain. And I said last week, I thank God that I wasn't Noah's neighbor. I, I do, I'm telling you. What would you think? What would you think if your neighbor, and, and don't talk badly about your neighbors because some of you are like, oh, we talk about our neighbors. Now listen, what if your neighbor like just started building some kind of like space shuttle in their front yard for some reason? See, it would make about that much sense, okay? And you would walk by him every day going, idiot, he's wasting his time. What is he doing? Do you trust God when you can't see the next step? Do you See, here's the problem. We have a problem with this word, trust. Well, I don't trust that person because they backstab me. Okay, I get it. That's the same reason that flows over our relationship with God spiritually. We say, no, God, you're the same as this person. And if they break my trust, you can break my trust. God can't break his trust because he promised that he wouldn't and he can't. God can't break his trust. But what do we... You ever, you ever talk to somebody about Jesus and they say, show me. sit down. So they sit down. I said, I'm going to show you, but it's not going to be the tangible stuff that you want. It's not going to be, hmm, cool. I'm not the same person that I used to be. I give them my testimony. I tell them what God has done in my life so they can see into me and what God has done. In the second service, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a, a really awesome He's a brother to me. My, one of my roommates in college is coming in the second service. He did a wedding in Shelbyville yesterday, and he goes, we were going to go to Chicago, but we'd rather come to your church. And I said, mm, I hope you aren't disappointed. <laughs> but he, he wants to come and hang out, and he, and he will attest to this. I'm going I'm to say this next service, but I will look at him. I'll say, Richie, are we different? You, t- you, tell, you tell this church, am I different now than when I was? And he'll say, Thank God. See, we can't see 20, 22 and 21-year-old Matt couldn't see where God was going to take him. I didn't see the next step. I wasn't even looking for the staircase. Anybody there? I wasn't even looking. Oh, yeah, God wants me to go there. I didn't even know the staircase was there. What do you trust God when things are going to go wrong? What if he wants to move in a direction in your life um, what do you do while you wait on God? Okay, God. <clears throat> I'm waiting. Yeah, you've been around kids? Okay. You tell a five-year-old to come up here and stand right here. It's going to happen for about 2.5 seconds. And then what happens? <laughs> they start doing like the potty dance, like they have to go to the bathroom. Did you know we grow up in maturity and age, but we don't change when we wait on God? God says, God says to Abraham, he says, Abraham, and he, he answers, here I am, submissive and ready to move. He trusts him, okay? So what we do is we, we do one of two things. We either worship while we wait, which not a lot of people do because it's difficult because we don't like patience, or we start to wiggle. Oh, God, come on. Here, here's the deal. When we start to wiggle, when you need to go to the restroom, you think about everything else except that you have to go, right? So we th- start thinking about everything else except God. Then, we, then what we do spiritually is we get, we get to dancing around like this, and you go, man, I'm going to focus on this. Not what God has for us, the past. We're worried. All this boils down to this. We're worried about this. We're, we are worried that the creator of the universe cannot handle our problem. It, 
it all comes down to that word. God, I don't know if this is going to be cancer. I don't know if it's going to be this. I don't know if it's going to be this. He created the world with his mouth. And we're, we're, God, this is, this is kind of, this is really big. I don't know if you can handle it. I don't know if you can handle it. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? He's always there. Look at the next blank. So we talked about trust. Now how about this? Do you have the faith? Uh, I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. Okay, now this is this. Ready? Go. Do you have the faith to trust God when things do not go as you had planned for them to go? Last week I talked about the Sears Christmas Wishbook Catalog. One of the greatest events in the Griswold household in the 90s and 80s. Now get it. Man, I would give that thing back to my mom and it would be creased and highlighted with every kind of color that I, I want her to know that I had been picking things out. Page after page after page after page. I even marked some things so she would go to that page because I actually wanted the other thing, but I knew if I highlighted the whole page, she would go there. Now watch. Christmas morning. Ha! I boogie down the stairs. Where is the BMX bike that was on page 167? Red, white splash paint, pegs on the front and back, sweet handlebars. Where's it at? Didn't really planned, didn't really go as planned, did it? Or maybe you go to the doctor and he doesn't give you the uh, news that you wanted. Keep in mind, just because the doctor doesn't give you the news that you wanted to hear, God has the final say in that. God has the final say. You, God, can, God can heal you. We, we serve a God that can heal, okay? But do you have the faith to trust God when things do not go as you had planned for them to go? Are we planners? Yeah. You ask, you ask a 20-year-old, okay? Sorry. We'll get a 20-year-old we'll in here sometime and just have him come up. Tell us what you're going to do at 40. Oh, I'm going to be married. I'm going to own my house. I'm going to have uh, two kids, a boy and a girl. Okay, uh, Not twins. And, uh, and they're going to go all on and on. on. <laughs> I say that, Jake. They are going to have boy and girl twins. Did you plan on that? No. See? <laughs> that worked out perfect. So we, you, and they, can, they can tell you. You ready? 18-year-old Matt comes up here. Thank God you've never met him, and I'm not joking. 18-year-old Matt comes up here like this. Oh, I'm going to start varsity for four years in college, and I'm going to enter the draft in major leagues, and I'm going to get drafted as a catcher. I'm going to play for the Cardinals because it's my favorite team. Yadier Molina will be out of a job because he's younger than me, so I'd have been there earlier. And I'm going to do all this stuff, and the very first thing I'm going to do is when I get my signing bonus, I'm going to buy my, my mom a 1965 powder blue convertible Mustang because she's always wanted one, and then I'm going to go buy a Lamborghini. Yes, sir. I'm going to marry a, a, a blonde-haired girl with blue eyes, and she has a, a sports car, and we're going to have this huge, awesome house and own lots of land, and I'm going to shoot deer for the rest of my life after I retire, and I'm not going to have any responsibilities, and I'm not going to go to church, and I don't really care what God does for me. I'm really glad you didn't meet that guy. Oh, I had plans, sure. I had plans. The salary that they're getting right now, I play one year in the major leagues and invest it, I'll be good for life. But I wouldn't have done that. I plan to do well, right? What if, what if, what if things don't go as planned? What if things don't go as planned? Look at verse 24 in chapter 11. If you were underliner, this, these two words keep coming up. It was by faith. See, Moses trusted God because he believed God. It's really hard to trust God if you don't believe in him. And it's really hard. So believe in him is different than believe him. Believe in him and believe him. It's two different things. It's, it's impo- Can you have the faith that God's going to do it if you don't have a relationship with him? 
or people that are that are Christians, we, we've gotten we've gotten there's gonna you know what's sad is that churches, I'm not talking about our church, I'm talking about the church, capital C, the church is still full of mature people age wise that are still infant spiritually. We 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 have people that have been they've been they've been followers of Christ for a long time and we're still drinking milk. And the Bible says, stop, grow. Well, that's not what I plan to do. I plan to go to church and cruise. That's not what we're called to do. And I know that that I don't know that really just shakes up somebody's life. But what do you mean I have to go to? What do you mean I have to go? What do you mean I have to go to church or go to work and love people? You don't know where I work. Some of you have got thoughts going through your head. I'm not loving that person. I refuse. Listen, it was faith. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Okay, now this is important. Pharaoh's daughter found him. Brought him in, saved his life because there was a, there was a thing going on that the, the Pharaoh was going to keep his throne, and you do that by killing all the male babies. If there's nobody to replace you, chances are really good that you're not going to get replaced, and you certainly wouldn't, not in this time, have been replaced by a woman. Now, he had a choice. He could choose life in Egypt, in the palace, in the in the kingdom. He would have comfort. He would have wealth. He would have all kinds. He would, he would have people do things for him. Moses just had to sit there, be in charge. So he had a choice. He could choose comfort and privilege. Or he could choose to tell people that he was a Jewish person. Those are my people. Those are God's people. And I need to go with them. And by doing that, he would choose this. He would choose persecution and suffering, and a whole lot, if you know the story, a whole lot of wandering aimlessly. Okay, which would you choose? A life of ease and comfort or a life of hardship? And I know that we're sitting here going, I would pick the life of hardship because I'm a grade A plus Christian. I don't think so. Now, I'm sure we could get to that point. I don't think anybody has any business in picking and in, in choosing that answer that quick. Life of ease? Not ease. Not at all. Moses loses all wealth, all power, everything. Aren't there some days that we just want to say, God, give me a recliner? Don't you have those days? God, I have, I have put up with this, this group of people at my job for 45 years, and I just need a recliner, and I just need to be away from them. It's probably that time that God says, this is the time that I have for you to be around them. Serve me. Be faithful. I know where they are at in their life. Help me. Let me share with them. You share with them what I'm giving you. It's oftentimes in my life, if I, look, if I look backwards, and it's in those times where I say, God, I need a recliner, he says, no, this is when you need to move. It's tough. God, I, don't, I just want to sit in my recliner, and I just want to eat chips and salsa, and I just want to have Milo's um, fake sweet tea, and I just want to sit there, and I just want to watch the Cardinals, and I, I'm... God, thank you for allowing Goldschmidt to hit bombs. That guy is on fire if you follow the Cardinals. He's hit six home runs, six straight games. Amazing. So, and God is a baseball fan. I've told you this. He is. He is. Get used to this. It's going to be baseball in heaven. He starts out the Bible in the big inning. So, you just want to sit there. Some of you are like, oh. You want to sit in your recliner. You want to have your chips and salsa, whatever your favorite snack is. You want to push the thing on the TV in your spiritual life and go, God, I just want to zone out in my spiritual life. And God says, I did not send my son to die so that you could do that. I asked my dad all the time. I said, Dad, he turned 62 this year. And so he's, he's entering an age where he could retire. I said, Dad, are you going to retire? No. What? You've got over 40 years in ministry. Are you going to retire? No. These are, these are his words. Ready? God will let me know when it's time to retire. I said, okay, what, what age do you think that is? He goes, dead. <laughs> My dad's pretty funny. But he's not wrong. 
We can retire from a job, and there's nothing wrong with that, that you put time in, and and you can retire from that. But folks, we don't ever get to retire from being a follower of Jesus Christ. But we want to have those days. There is rest days, absolutely. And there are times where we go to our pity party, don't we? But we all remember that. It's okay to go to the pity party, just know when to leave. Look, he chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. Not doing what God had called him to. Moses could have chosen to belong to the house in Egypt. That would have been faithlessness. Often, faithlessness is often attached to something that's easy. How easy would it be to serve Pharaoh in the kingdom? Pretty easy. He's already in charge. I mean, it's, it's his step-grandson, basically. He chose the oppression. He chose to get out of the recliner. He chose to say, God will let me know when it's time for me to retire. What year is that? Dead. We don't get, we don't get the choice. When God calls us, you, don't, you and I don't have a choice. Oh, we make it a choice. We have the audacity to make it a choice. Matt, I want you to, I want you to share the gospel with this person at Kroger. Mm, how about no, God? Listen, I'm completely, totally guilty of telling God no. I don't, I'm not going to pass around anonymous slips of paper for you to answer that question, but I probably already know the answer to that. What have we missed out on? Listen, we have a chance on the 17th of August to make a big impact in our town, to do a lot of healing, to share the gospel with a lot of people. We're going to give away food. Listen, I'm telling you, you give away food, they will come. I used to do youth. You, you do food, they come. The college kids come. Parents come. Families come. Choosing as he did to let his nationality, Moses' nationality, be known because God wanted him to was not faithlessness, that was faithfulness. Why in the world would he ever give that up? Look at verse 26. If you underline in your Bible, here you go. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. You know, I talked about us wiggling, and you know the problem with us wiggling is when we do this and we're waiting on God and we're not focused. You know, you know I, I shoot, I hunt, I shoot guns, and my uncle has a, a big caliber rifle. He has a, it's, it's a 300 Winchester Magnum. Okay? It's, a big, it's a big rifle. For, he shot an elk with it, a moose with it. And, and if you've ever shot anything like this, it's got a scope, okay? And it's for long range, and it's got a lot of knockdown power. And there is recoil when you shoot this gun. Okay? Those of you that have experience with guns, how effective do you think I would be if I was shooting at a target downrange, and I was just kind of just doing this? Maybe I'd just hold it away from my shoulder just a little bit. Yeah, then I'd, like, lose my shoulder. Okay, there's a problem. If you, even, if, even if I stood like this, and tried to shoot something at, at 200 yards just standing. There's a big difference of focus between this and if I'm laying prone on the ground and I've got a bipod and I'm sitting like this. The scope doesn't move. Okay? You're, you're focused. Too many times we're like, oh yeah, God, this is general direction. I want to. I hunted around some guys in the, in the woods next to them and, uh, and we came out. And I had not seen a deer and I heard these guys shoot a couple times. I said, hey, they were, they were not from around here. I don't ever care if I ever hunt next to them again, ever. And they came out, and I said, hey, guys. I said, heard you shot. You guys get one? No, no. I said, did you hit one? No, no, we don't, no, no. And I'm thinking, we are deer hunting. You don't know what a deer is, right? You know, we didn't see anything. But we got a couple good sound shots. I said, I'm sorry, what? He goes, well, we heard something and we shot over there. Joy. I'm thinking, holy smoke, I need a Kevlar vest to go into the woods. A sound, boom. They weren't focused. I'm not sure of this level of intelligence. I don't know. Okay, I was very, I did not go back to where they are. They do not hunt around here. Okay, and for the record, I do not hunt like that. There's a lot of things you have to identify, do different stuff. 
But just because it's, you, you see something down, down range, and like, okay, God, I'm going to go this way for you, and I'm just, I'm pointing this way, and sometimes I'm looking, and sometimes, sometimes I'm not. God says, while you wait on me, I want you to worship. And the only way that you can worship God truly and wholeheartedly is to have your eyes completely fixed on him. Matt, I want you to go this way. Okay, God. When's the last time that we answered God like Abraham did? Hey, whoever your name is, God says your name, here I am. That's willingness to follow. Willingness to follow conquers the things that scare us that we can't see. He was looking ahead for his great reward. Look at, see, he was, he was looking ahead. Did you know that some of us have missed out on things that God has for us that were right in front of our nose, but we were too busy looking backwards that we completely missed them? Listen, I'm telling you right now, when you get to heaven and we have to answer for the things that we did and said, you do not want to hear the answer to that question that God gives you. I don't either. But you can lessen that because you can stay focused and say, and God, I'm waiting on you. And while I wait, listen, we're, 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 get, we're, we're in the process of selling our house. Great, that's a, just a joyous occasion, right? I, I, we want to. What do we do? I keep the yard mode. Some of you are like, well, you like to mow anyway, okay? I keep the yard mode. We turned everything up. I gave the house a bath. So when somebody drives by, they go, ooh. You know, we don't have weeds this tall in our yard. I'd go nuts. You keep it prepared. Prepared for somebody to see it. Say, hey, that looks like a well-kept house. I wonder how much they want for it. Let's call them and see if we can look at it. I don't think if you were a real estate agent that if you, if you had properties that were currently had people in them and you said, you know what, they'll sell better if you just don't mow your yard. You will not make money. Why is it different spiritually? Because we get in our spiritual house and we say, okay, God, I'm here and I'm not doing anything. He goes, I want you to keep focused on me. Don't look backwards. I'm not a God of backwards. I'm a God of a head. Why don't we? You can look back and remember things that God has done for you. But when we do that, we, get, we, look, we look at the other things and we start to glorify the things that we used to struggle with. Listen, God is not a God. God is a God of reset. Isn't that awesome? Maybe I only, I'm the only one that has a life like this. I know what I've done, but I also know what Jesus did. That Jesus is my living hope. Holy smokes. For three days, Satan had a party on earth. Oh, I won, I won, I won. And then when Jesus' body started to breathe. By the way, when you see that story of the women coming in and the men coming in and looking in and going into the tomb. It's, the Bible says that they found the death clothes folded. It is Jewish custom that if you get up from a table and you're not going to come back to eat, you wad your napkin up and throw it down. If you're planning on coming back, you fold your napkin. The death clothes were folded. He's going to come back. How many people can you and I take with us to heaven? If we're scared and we're looking backwards, probably not much. Moses followed God's lead. But why? Because he liked suffering? Of course not. The Bible says he was looking forward. Did you know that one of the reasons why we shouldn't look backwards is because heaven's not that way? We have a hope. David Crowder, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my what? God, my yesterday's gone. Aren't you thankful that yesterday is gone? I don't care if you had, we had a great day at your house yesterday. Guess what? You know what today is? And some of you are going to think I'm absolutely crazy because I'm 39 years old. You ready? I'm one day closer to heaven right now than I was yesterday. You are nuts. You've got two young girls. You have a wife. You've been married for 16 years. You're getting ready to move into a house. Listen, if Jesus Christ comes back and today is my day, peace out. I'm out of here. I don't have problems. I, don't, I will never have another problem because I know who I put my trust in. But until that comes, my dad is exactly right. I'll retire when I die from being a Christian. Look at verse 27. Why is it so important to look ahead? Look at verse 27. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Oh, remember this story? Whoa, baby, let my people go. Who, you know, 
Pharaoh, Pharaoh, oh, you know, remember that song? Now it's going to be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. You're welcome. So Moses comes up to the Pharaoh, to Pharaoh and, and he, watch what he does. Moses listens to God and then he does. God says, go tell the Pharaoh what we're going to do. I'm going to send this plague. I'm going to send this plague. Listen, would you not listen? All right, I'm going to send locusts. Oh, I love locusts. Anybody just love locusts? <laughs> Crazy little things. The shells all over everything. He sends, he sends the locusts. He, sends, he turns all the water into blood. Would you think if you were Pharaoh, you can read that story and go, wouldn't you listen? Be careful. Be careful. The Bible does say that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. He was going to get his people out of there. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. He finally came to Pharaoh and he says, Go. Theological thinkers think that there were between 1.5 and possibly 2 million Jews that were enslaved in Egypt. And a number that would be astronomical, and they could have just by sheer force of number taken over things, regardless of chariots and things that, that Egypt owned. Not fearing the king's anger. You know why? Because Moses understood who he served. I love, I, love this term, I love this translation. He kept right on going. <laughs> because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. See, Jesus is greater than the things unseen. We're talking about the things that are scary. This is a good thing. Where should we keep our eyes? On the invisible. You, you will do something for God. Somebody will come up to you and go, that doesn't make sense to me. And you go, you're right. It doesn't. It doesn't make worldly sense at all. But this is exactly what God wants me to do. My buddy, my, my friend, Ken, he gives his truck away. I don't know, some of you are like, Matt, why don't you give your truck away? God did not tell me that yet, okay? And if he did, I will really struggle, but I will try. But Ken just walked up to the guy, and he had, had the title, and he goes, here you go, buddy. And I said, how do you operate on that kind of level that people would call insane, nuts, or stupid? How do you operate on that? He goes, God told me to. He goes, God's never let me down. The next day, IBSA calls him and he gets a car. He kept right on going. You know what, that, you know what his, his, that action says? This truck doesn't mean anything to me. It's not going to get me to heaven. Can't get to heaven in a rowboat, right? Can't get to heaven in a truck either. But it was by faith that Moses left. Can you imagine Psalms 56.3 says this, But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals or men do to me? (laughs) David Platt shares a story about a missionary. Missionary goes to an unreached people group where they practice voodoo and you have a witch doctor. The gentleman that went is a former UFC fighter. It's not Robbie Gallaty. It's, it's another guy. He gives a story about this guy, and he's just this rough, tough, bouncer, brawler, bar-busting bar fight. He loves the fight. And he goes, and he, he, he gets saved, and God moves in his life, and he's a missionary to this village, and he goes to this village. It's a great big, great big guy, and he's sitting in the tent, and he's sharing the gospel with somebody, and obviously that that religion and Christianity do not coincide at all. And the witch doctor comes out to him and he calls him out. And when the witch doctor does that, there is, we're talking about black evil magic here. This stuff is real. Okay. Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, where I graduated, they have the largest cult library in the world. So they train people that are going to go to these places. It's real. He sat down. The witch doctor calls him out. He goes out and he's facing him in the street. It's facing him. And they were, they were going to fight until somebody dies. That's the way their culture goes. And he said, I, this is his, his testament in, in this book that I, that I have in my house. He says, I felt like I heard the voice of God say, you don't fight for yourself. I fight for you. Regardless how this story ends, you need to understand that you need to apply that truth in your life. When these things come up against you, you're not the one fighting. You just be submissive to the one that, that knows where, where you are and owns you and, and where you're going. This, this guy comes out, and in English, he had to have it translated to the, to the witch doctor, and he said, he said, I'm not going to fight you. If you kill me, if you run me through with a sword or a spear, you kill me. But 
I'll win. I'm going to go to heaven. Which doctor took a step forward at him. He began to cough. He became unable to breathe. And he fell dead in the street. Why? Because we don't fight our battles. God fights for us in ways that we cannot see. You see, some of us have a, have, a, have a past. And some of us probably became inebriated at a place and we drove home. You will never know this side of heaven what kind of invisible stuff was protecting you. I'm just being absolutely honest with you. There's a basketball goal uh, on Rural Route or on uh, 2nd Street in Albion that I played at. And I jumped up and dunked on, on a portable rim. And, and I did a chin-up, and the goal fell with me. I hit my head in the back on concrete. The rim hit my head. I have a really cool smiley face scar. I got 39 stitches, three different cracks in my skull, and I'm still here. Why? I don't know. We have to understand who the invisible one is. I mean, we can, we can go through this and go, oh, amen, Matt. Good job. Preach it on. Preach it. Preach it. It's different to say that on Sunday than to go to work on Monday and live it. It is. I want you to pray about August 17th. I want you to pray for those people that are going to come. I want you to pray for the people that are going to come that don't know Jesus. I want you to pray for the church people. I want you to pray for the people that are going to grill the food and give away the, give away the drinks and give away the toys and give away the different things. I want you to pray for the people that are going to play wiffle ball with those kids or basketball with those kids or tennis with those kids. I want you to pray for the people that are going to share the love of God with other people in our community. Do you know what would happen if two or three or four or five or 20, a fifth, a fifth, 20 of our churches would get together, band together, that all love Jesus, and then we say, we love Jesus enough more than the names in our church. We love it more than the denominations that we are. We love Jesus because he's the only way that we get to heaven. If one-fifth of our churches in this county would get together and do that, we would shake the town. And we might not even have room for all of them if they choose to come to church. We, we have 100 churches, yes, but based on the population and the attendance in those churches, if everybody decided to go to church, there is not room. So we keep our eyes on God. God, what do you want us to do? Pray for the 17th. I'm praying some pretty scary prayers in my discipleship group right now. And, and, and they're things that I don't want to share with you because you would see them as just as a number. And I'm just asking God to use our people to share the gospel with other people and people would listen. That's it. One of them is something I can share with you. It's almost August. August, September, October, November, December. Five months. We owe less than $100,000 on this building and property. Let's pay it off. God's that big. We owe less than $100,000 on a, over a million dollar piece of property. It was a miracle that we even got it for the price that we got it for. So we owe less than $100,000. I said, God, you know what we could do with this payment that we pay every month? You know what we could use that for in ministry? He goes, yeah. I said, hey, show me how and where I can give. And we do. Look at the next blank in your worship handout. Where do we look? Where do we look when we are unsure of something? Oh, if something breaks in your car, you go to your toolbox. Spiritually, when something goes wrong, what do you go to? A bottle? Pain pills? Cheeseburgers? Hey, we've all done that. You've had a bad day. What do you want? <laughs> ice cream. I haven't found many diets with ice cream on them. Just saying. I wish. Let's pray for that. I'm just kidding. Where do we look when we're unsure of something? Do we look to God or do we look to ourselves? One of these things is the wrong answer. Do we look to ourselves? Yes, because we are fixers. I can fix it. I can do it. I can fix it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it, I can do it myself. You turn into your three-year-old from the past. You mean help you with that? Because everybody knows if, I ha- if you help your child get dressed or something, we're going to save about 15 minutes here, right? No, I can do it. We have the audacity as spiritually mature Christians and in, in our adulthood, we look at God and God goes, do you want me to help you with that? That's why I love you. That's why I saved you. That's why I gave you Jesus. No, I can do it myself. I can save you a lot of heartache, Matt. Yeah, I already burnt that bridge. I can, I'm here to help you. I can do it. You do that. 
you do that. We don't accept his help. Did you pray about it? I don't want to pray about it. We give up on one of the most powerful things we can do as a human being that that knows Christ is, is the power of prayer. Oh, we like to fix it. Look at verse 28. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so the angel of death would not kill their firstborn son. Keep in mind here, if you, if you know this story, Israelites took the blood, put it over the doorpost. The death angel passed over. That's where we get Passover. Passed over. And all of the Israelites' children, the, 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 son, the firstborn sons that were in the house, that put the, the blood there, they did not die. Okay? Now, why, wh- watch what he did. You ready? Moses listened, he received instructions, and then he did it. At no point in that story does Moses go, hmm, God, have you ever thought about doing this? And we think that's silly. We do the same thing. God's bigger than those things. Look at verse 29. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea on dry ground. Pinched between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea. They're coming. The Israelites are going, oh. They were probably calling Moses everything but a prophet. You can, you can just understand that how you want to understand it. Moses, take us back to Egypt. We're going to die. Here comes, look at, look at those people coming. Oh, good. There's water. What are we going to do, swim? God held back the water for, as a redemptive power to his people that he loved. And as soon as they got all the way across... They look back, and here the Egyptian army came across the sea that they had just walked on the ground. They were, they were coming. You can read a story about the confusion that they had. They couldn't get out. God let the waters recede, and it killed every single one of them because Moses listened. Verse 30, it was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days, and the walls came crashing down. Here you go. Call Mattis right now. Mad dog. Say, hey, dude. You need to get into that palace. Here's here's the plan. Set down the M16s. We're gonna get like little uh, like little recorders that, that you know you learn how to play notes on, and we're gonna get a group of people. And the first day we're gonna rock around it once, and we're gonna do that for six days. And the seventh day we're gonna walk around it seven times, and then we're gonna go, and all the walls are gonna fall down. It wouldn't have been any different than that. Not not one weapon was used, and the walls fell. By faith, Joshua. Listen, thirty-one. It was by faith that Rahab, the prostitute, was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Rahab was a prostitute. Rahab hid the spies so they would not get caught, and she helped them get escape in a different way. Why is this a big deal? How could, God, how could this person be in Hebrews chapter 11? She is a prostitute. The Bible says that her faith saved her. Her faith. Because she tells the spies, I believe in your God. I want that God to be my God. So we see this conversion in her life. Now, why was it a good thing that she wasn't destroyed? See, it says here, she was not destroyed. Why is that a good idea? Check out Matthew chapter 1. She's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Do you know that God uses people like that? I'm very thankful for that. We confuse invisible things with the things in our life that scare us. We are scared of doubt and shame and guilt and fear. And spiritually, we look backwards. God is not a God of backwards. God is a God of forward. Quite frankly, if we're driving in our spiritual car, this is what God wants us to do. Looking in the rearview mirror. He's having a nice day following God. Looking back. God wants you to reach up and he wants you to take that off. He wants you to throw it out the window. We're done here. You can remember the things that I've done for you, but we're focused here. Don't wiggle, Matt. Focus. We're scared of the things that we can't see. We're scared of the things that scare us. August 17th. It's the fourth time I've mentioned it. August 17th. That's the fifth time I've mentioned it. August 17th. But you're making it even six. Okay. Oh, August 17th. Seven. It's a holy number. Okay, now... I want you to pray for these people. We don't know who's going to show up. We have no idea what the weather's going to be. We have no idea if the temperature's going to be 56 or 136. We live in Illinois. We don't know if it's going to rain. We don't know if there's going to be hail. We don't know what's going to happen. 
You begin to pray that God gives us good weather. You begin to pray that God moves in those people and we can, we can have it well known that it's well attended. You pray for those other churches that want to be involved. You pray for their leadership that they'll see this. Come on. See, here's the deal. I can, I can do it all day long, but I'm one person. I am. I'm one person. Have you ever dreamed of God moving in Mount Vernon in a way that would get, and I'm not talking for us, I'm talking for God, that would get like the attention of the state? Or maybe the attention of the country? What in the world is going on in Mount Vernon, Illinois? God. Why? Because people believe him? People are going to do what he's asking them to do? Well, that doesn't make any sense. We're going to be faithful. If you've got things that you can't see, please understand me this morning that you can trust God. In all honesty, we need to be like Rahab. She trusted God without seeing him. And she believed God and what he had promised. God did not sentence you to a life of ease. It's a life of hardship. And it's hard. That's why we have to keep focused. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so thankful for you. God, we, we just thank you for all the different things that you're doing in our lives. God, we pray for August 17th. We pray for the people. We pray for the weather. We pray, God, that you would move in a way in Mount Vernon and use your people. That, God, we would see many people come to Christ. God, I pray for the people of Connection. That, God, if you so laid it on their heart, God, that we could just pay off our building before December 31st. It's not about money. God, you're, you're bigger than money. What could we do? What kind of ministries could we do with that, with, that, with that extra money every month? What could we do? We could do? We could step out and do things that you would challenge us to do. We could keep moving. God, be with us in the times that we don't believe and we doubt. We love you, God. Thankful for Jesus in your name that we pray. Amen. Yeah, oh, touch somebody.